ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. Now for something completely different. We're going to bring, bring it all together. Because this is the bottom line. ESPN Radio 1392.5. It's the bottom line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning. Miss Judy, I know it's a very special day and I'm uh, very grateful for you, but you still have to keep hustling and take your meds this morning. And yes, you heard right. Due to popular demand, we are now Saturday and Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. So we're very grateful to the powers that be here at ESPN Radio for adding Saturdays to our schedule. So get used to it, people. We're here to stay. Well, at least for this week anyway. But it's a life lesson, kids. Find your niche. Don't be afraid to be different than everybody else. And you might get uh, you might get some things that you want in this world. We'd also like to thank the uh, the good folks at the Belterra Casino and Sportsbook in Florence, Indiana last weekend. We were treated very, very well up there, and it was a lot of fun betting the tournament games in a sportsbook like the old days, like we used to back out in the desert. Of course, it's always a lot more fun when you're cashing tickets, so that was a good thing. But it's just over an hour trip from Central Kentucky, so if you've got the fever to get some live action down, on some tournament games this weekend, head on up to the Belterra Sportsbook and Casino and get your action down. And don't be afraid to tell them the bottom line sent you. 859-381-1313. If you'd like to join in on the conversation this morning, you can always email the show, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, at bottomlinelex. On today's show, our good friend, Vince Stover, the Sports Stove Podcast. He will join us this morning. To discuss the NCAA tournament, among plenty of other things. I've even agreed to give him 60 seconds of MMA talk and not a second more. So forgive us in advance for that. Of course, we will get you ready for the NCAA tournament round of 16 beginning today. Which can be heard here on ESPN Radio 1300 and 92.5 all weekend long. And of course, it wouldn't be an NCAA tournament game day without the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio. Our Mac Daddy Stogie Picks. Documented killing it on both our Twitter feed at Bottom Line Lex, and if you listen to our Bracketology Spectacular last week with our good friend John Clay, the Lexington Herald leader, in which uh, we predicted Gonzaga and Houston to make the final game, which is still very much alive and kicking this morning. We had a, got a lot of good reaction to that Bracketology show last week, uh, so thank you very much for listening to that. It was a lot of fun. All this and much, much more on this week's Saturday edition of Lexington's fastest-growing sports talk radio show. But first, Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man. Most men my age, we didn't learn anything about the real world from our parents when we were growing up. We learned all our life values from watching professional wrestling as a kid. And back in the 80s, 80s professional wrestling, I always say there's only three things in this world that were better in the 80s and the 90s than they are today. College basketball, music, and professional wrestling. But back in the 80s, the good, there were good guys and bad guys. And of course, I always rooted for the bad guys. You know, the guys who were who wore a mask, and they were from parts unknown, and they had an evil manager, and some gimmick that made the fans hate them. Well, the fans other than me, of course, because even at a young age, I knew wrestling was <clears throat> entertainment, if you know what I mean. In other words, the outcomes were predetermined. 
which is a nicer way of saying it's fake. I even got kicked out of a friend's house by his mother when we were kids because the mother truly thought wrestling was 100% real, and I was pure evil because I cheered when that darn mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, used a cane on good guy hero Jerry Lawler when the referee wasn't looking 40 years ago. That's a true story, by the way. That woman that thought I was a devil for rooting for those cheaters. But one of the best bad guy wrestlers was a guy named Ted DiBiase. His gimmick was that he was the million-dollar man, and he could buy anything he wanted, except, of course, the WWF championship belt. And He would beat some jobber and put him to sleep with the old sleeper hold. By the way, always tried to get that sleeper hold on my friends. Never worked. I never understood why, but it worked in wrestling. I, would, I wish somebody could have uh, explained that to me, but I digress. But the million-dollar man would beat this jobber with the sleeper and then stuff a $100 bill into his mouth. That never got old. But his catchphrase was, everybody's got a price. Sounds dumb, but it's true. For the right amount of money, you'll do things you never even dreamed of trying. You can admit it. Everybody's got a price. So do you. So do I. In case you missed it yesterday, there's a job opening at one of the biggest programs in college basketball. One of the best? Eh, Maybe not one of the best, but one with a lot of money. The University of Texas. They may not have the history, but they have the money. But money doesn't mean everything in college basketball. Remember, this Texas program lost double-digit games with Kevin Durant once upon a time. But that was under Rick Barnes. And we all know how Rick Barnes pees away talent on an annual basis. But Shaka Smart, a very well-respected coach, left Texas for Marquette yesterday. And at first glance, you think, huh, why would he leave Texas where he just won the Big 12 tournament and was a three-seed in the NCAA tournament? Why would he leave that job for Marquette? Let's see. At a school like Texas with big money, you have big expectations. And Shaka Smart had a losing record in his six years in Austin in the Big 12 Conference. And he never won an NCAA tournament game after winning seven in his days at VCU, including a Final Four run ten years ago. Wow, that's ten years. I can't believe that's been ten years ago. That's amazing. But at a school like Texas, whether it's a football school or not, you still have to win, or else that big money stops coming in. Rick Barnes had plenty of NBA players come through town, and he had to leave to go to Tennessee. Shaka Smart, he didn't win either. That's why he's gone. So if you're Texas, you want to make a big splash now. We got plenty of money. We got a program here. Let's bring in a big coach. Let's go after this Chris Beard guy at Texas Tech. He seems to be the current name that would move at a at not at a cost of an arm and a leg either. What about this Porter Moser at Loyola? Can he take Sister Jean with him? I don't know. Not sexy enough for you? How about this Eric Musselman in Arkansas? He's crazy, and he never stays at a job more than four years anyway. Hey, what about Rick Petito? He's available. He's got to be available. He just said that he'd never leave Iona. Everybody's got a price. But the name that has come up the most in the last 24 hours for this Texas basketball position, John Calipari. And why wouldn't he? He's a Hall of Fame coach, national championship back in 2012, who can get top talent to go wherever he goes. And it wasn't that long ago 
when the Big Blue Nation had a lot of issues with Calipari. Why do we still do the one and dones? Is it an outdated recruiting strategy? What about the Kentucky kids like Dante Allen? Why won't you play them? Is Jeff Shepard's kid going to come to Kentucky? Are you going to bench him too? How come Kentucky gets all these NBA players and can't win more in the NCAA tournament? Do you think Calipari wants to go through another season like he did this past season? So would you really fault him for just possibly considering leaving? Oh, the big blue nation will say, oh, we are the best job in college basketball. Well, maybe it is the best. You can debate that. But coaches don't always leave schools for better jobs. Do you really think Marquette is a better job than Texas? Al McGuire ain't walking through that door. May he rest in peace. And didn't Calipari in Kentucky lose a five-star recruit to Gonzaga yesterday? Apparently they did. So if you're a Calipari, why wouldn't you want to leave Lexington and head to Austin, Texas? Well, there's one main reason. Well, 54 main reasons. If Calipari leaves town, whoever hires him would have to do better and make it worth a lot more than that $54 million contract, which is also a lifetime contract. Is, any, is he worth it? Is any coach worth it? But the more these rumors persist, do you think Calipari will get yet another contract boost and get more money from Mitch, Mitch Barnhart to stay in Lexington? Would you put it past Calipari to pull another stunt like he did before in doing that? Because, yes, he's done it before. And we've seen this act before. Every other year, it seems, Calipari's rumored to go to the NBA or UCLA or somewhere else not named Kentucky. But that lifetime contract Calipari signed a few years ago is going to go down as the biggest deal in college basketball history. Because if Cal leaves, somebody's going to have to pay him more than $54 million. The next highest figures of these buyouts is Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska, who's $22 million. Fred Hoiberg, what has he done? He's done nothing. And Tony Bennett at Virginia is next at $21.6 million. Well, there's a guy who's actually done enough to deserve it. But look how many tickets Tony Bennett's cast out in the desert. He's a money-making machine out in the desert. Why wouldn't you want to let him go? But these figures of buyouts are less than half of what Calipari's $54 million is. And don't forget, any of these five-star recruits that Calipari has going to him right now in Kentucky, they'll follow him to Texas. Why? Back in 2009, Calipari had DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, Eric Bledsoe all going to Memphis. When Calipari got the Kentucky job, all three of those guys mysteriously switched to Kentucky. Amazing how that happened. But this isn't about John Calipari. It's about the money. If Calipari does leave Kentucky, we don't think he'll leave personally. But Texas does seem to be a great fit. And more importantly, Texas is a school with enough money to pay whatever it takes to get him. There's one report right now that claims Texas is going to throw the kitchen sink at Calipari to get him. Of course, you're going to hear more reports this week. I just saw Calipari buy a cow in Texas, so that means he's definitely coming. Well, that's we've been putting up with that in NBA free agency for a long time. But after this season, the worst in the history of Kentucky basketball and how the fans reacted to this season. Would you totally blame Calipari if he even just considered leaving town? He'd be crazy to leave a job where he has a lifetime contract. But as Ted DiBiase has taught us in the 80s, everybody's got a price.
ESPN Radio 1392.5. The bottom line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. Enough of this coaching carousel talk. What about the tournament? We've got four Sweet 16 games today. How do your brackets look right now? Uh, disaster, huh? Well, Illinois caused a lot of bridge jumpers last Sunday. It's okay to take the favorites of these bracket pools, especially at the end. It's just picking the right teams to get to the end that causes the pain sometimes. A lot of people suffered on that Illinois loss to Loyola. Uh, but how about against the spread? How are you doing against the spread? Because of the the public's tendency always to play the favorites, upsets mean positive results for the house, if you know what I mean. The first three days of the tournament, last Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, underdogs went 24-15 and 15 against the spread with 16 outright upsets. That's when you love to be a contrarian, like we are, and that's when it pays off. The tournament was canceled last year, as we all know, because of the COVID, but the wagering handle this March is making up for lost time. We talked to Jeff Hoos, who's the sports director at the Belterra Sportsbook. We talked to him on this show last week. He said people were yearning to get this tournament to be back, and he thought the handle would be great, but it's off the hook. And, of course, the house has had a very high winning percentage as well. The dogs finally stopped barking on Monday. Uh, the first game of the day, Oregon beat Iowa. But then all the favorites cashed in the rest of the day. They went 7-0 and the rest of the day. So, so far in this NCAA tournament, after the round of 32, underdogs against the spread, 30-21. and That's 59%. And if you're playing the unders, you're 28-21-2. That's 57%. And that's what you're trying to do when you see the public in this tournament. What do they do? What do they like to do? They like to play the favorites. They like to play the over. Well, if you're like us and you're rooting against human accomplishment, we play the unders and we don't play overs at all. But the underdogs really barked the first three days especially. But the thing is, the public wasn't able to capitalize on the favorites cashing in on Monday. Why? By the time the favorites started on their little run, a lot of the betters had already left the sports book because they either didn't have any money left to wager or they just had lost so much on the favorites before they didn't have any confidence in them to go forward. There you go. The house and the contrarians dominated the first two rounds of this tournament. Discipline and money management. If, the, if That's more important than picking winners. When we get to this summer, we're going to talk about stuff like this. Picking winners against the spread, that's one thing. Being able to manage your money and being disciplined about it, that's even more important than picking winners. Oh, all i got to do is pick 60% winners. Okay, well, good luck picking 60% winners the rest of your life. Why do you think they build those billion-dollar casinos out there? People don't hit 60%. The best in the world don't hit 60% at this. Our friend Jeff Hoos from the Belterra. Our biggest one-game loss last week was Oral Roberts beating Florida. Apparently, everybody was on Oral Roberts over Florida. Florida, not the public team you think it was. But the biggest one-game win they had, the house, was Illinois going down. And it's shocking that the Big Ten is blowing up all that the way that they are. That's from uh, the sportsbook director at the Belterra. From Vegas casinos to office pools, 47 million Americans are going to be betting on this March Madness tournament this month. So, yeah, don't think that you're alone. Don't think that you're just the only person out there who's betting on these games. Everybody's betting on these games. But it's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's hard work to keep cashing these tickets. But we look at these final four odds right now. Odds to win the West region. Gonzaga minus 450. That's an overwhelming favorite. 
if you're going to lay minus 450 with Gonzaga, why not just take all these dogs, USC, plus 700? That's good value. All these others are good value. Why? Everybody in the public thinks Gonzaga's going to at least get to the Final Four. That's why you're getting bad odds at minus 450. Just the percentages alone say Gonzaga at minus 450 is a terrible bet, even if you win it. The value we see in actually making the Final Four after this weekend, you see Michigan plus 125. Are they going to make it? Alabama's plus 200. Florida State plus 300. That's the region where you could probably make some killings. UCLA plus 600. Also not a bad prospect in the East. So you can look at all those dogs and take maybe the two that you feel gets you the better odds. Maybe Florida State, UCLA. Probably have a good chance. We love Houston. We've loved Houston since the beginning of this tournament. But now sitting at plus 115, along with Loyola Chicago at 170, yeah, not much value there either. If we would take one team, it would probably be Houston at plus 115 just to make the Final Four. But you've got to sit there and say, can they actually beat Loyola of Chicago if they play in the Elite Eight? That's something we'll have to see. But coming up after the break, it's the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio. Our Mac Daddy Stogie picks looking at today's games and trying to pick you some winners. But first, our title sponsor here at the bottom line, Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a locally owned business here in Lexington. And the Stable Duel app, up and running. And this March, they're offering a contest where basketball meets horse racing. So make sure to download their app today. There's daily games, big cash prizes, and it's easy to use. If a moron like me can figure it out, I can promise you, you can figure it out. And by the way, Stable Duel will be full speed when Keeneland starts up here in the next week or so and these Triple Crown races for the spring. So go to download their app today, Stable Duel, or check them out online, StableDuel.com. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Thank you for joining us. Presented by Stable Duel. Thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning. Hey, enough silliness. I know why you're here. I know why you're listening. It's not because we have so much love for the Big Blue Nation. It's to get your picks. So let's do it. The most profitable segment of Lexington Radio. Our Mac Daddy Stogie picks. We'll go down the line. Game number one today. Number 12 seed Oregon State versus number 8 seed Loyola Chicago. I'm not sure if Sister Jean listens to the bottom line. She should, of course. Uh, how do you pick against Sister Jean? I don't know. Oregon State, 19-12 on the year. 29-1 and against the spread. There you go. Loyola Chicago, 26-4 on the year. 18-9-1 and against the spread. So, as much as you, uh, everybody's on Loyola, guess who's won you more money this year? Oregon State. By the way, a great seeding done by that tournament committee, making Loyola an eight seed. Seriously. Loyola was a top ten team in the overall Ken Palm ratings before the tournament. And number one in defense. Yeah, great job by that uh, tournament committee. Oh, oh yeah. Mitch Barnhart was the chairman of that. Well, way to go, Mitch. Good job. Uh, today, this is a game. Well, right now, Loyola, a seven-point favorite in this game. Total 125 and a half. Uh, the Beavers... Uh, have overcome so many odds to get to this point. Uh, the odds of them winning five consecutive games in elimination settings, both in the Pac-12 tournament and in the NCAA tournament, the odds of that, according to ESPN Stats and Info, 2,800 to 1. There you go. No big deal. But, of course, Oregon State, one of the three double-digit seeds left, uh, there's three other ones, UCLA, Syracuse, and our good friend Oral Bob, a.k.a. Oral Roberts, uh, this game, we're looking for a lot of defense in this game. 
Our friend uh, Ken Pomeroy says 69-55, Loyola wins, which wouldn't give you much uh, advantage in terms of the point spread, but it gives you a slight advantage on the under, and you see a game, very crucial game. you got a, the number one defensive team in America, Loyola. Let's take the under, 125.5 in this one. Uh, we'll lean to the under. Maybe Sister Jean's rooting for uh, rooting against human accomplishment today. Way to go, Sister Jean. We'll take the under in this one. Another game today, number five seed Villanova, who we thought had a lot of value before the tournament because of their injuries and everybody had given up on them. And number one seed Baylor. Baylor a seven-and-a-half point favorite, total 141-and-a-half. Uh, Nova on the year, 18-6, and 13-10-1 against the spread. Baylor, 24-2, and 16-10 against the spread. Baylor a little bit uh, better at cashing tickets in this one. Villanova's All-American guard, Colin Gillespie, uh, will not be playing in this one. So you have to wonder what Villanova has. Uh, Ken Pomeroy says Baylor wins 77-73, which gives you credits to taking Villanova in the points, but they don't factor in injuries. We'll stay away from this game. Baylor might be primed to take this one out, and we wouldn't be surprised if Villanova kept this one close. Our favorite game of today to wager on, number 15, Oral Roberts. Versus number three, Arkansas. Oral Roberts or Oral Bob, 18-10, 16-9 against the spread. Arkansas, 24-6, 19-9-1 against the spread. 72% of the money out in the desert right now is on Oral Roberts. That's the biggest discrepancy of the day. But we like a couple things in this game. The neutral court unders in this tournament really hitting big. Over the years, they've always hit well, especially with totals high like this one is today, over 150. Also coming out today, do you think Arkansas can uh, win this one? You've got Eric Musselman, one of the best coaches in America. He's got two great guards. And uh, you, you know, Arkansas wants to push the pace, and they'll need to guard the three-point line. Ken Pomeroy says, Arkansas wins this one by 14. You know what? We hate laying points in this spot any time of the tournament. I think the the clock strikes midnight for Oral Bob today. Give us Arkansas. you got to lay 11. We'll take Arkansas Laying 11 goes against everything we believe on this show. We'll also go under the 158 and a half. When you see uh, the trend that we're playing against with uh, Oral Roberts today, always fade a dog after they scored 80 or plus or more points in a tournament game. If you've done that in the last 15 years, you've gone 82 and 47. That's 63.6%. In other words, when you see an underdog coming off a big game, the public overvalues them. I think the public is overvaluing Oral Roberts today. We'll go Arkansas on the under on that one. And then later on, Syracuse, the 11th seed and number two seed, Houston. Houston is six and a half point favorite in this game. Syracuse, 18 to 9, 14 and 13 against the spread. Houston has cash tickets for you all year, 26 and 3, 19 and 9 against the spread. Hard to bet against Jim Beheim in a spot like this. He's been uh, upsetting people for years. But this is one we've seen all. Tournament long, we see Houston winning this one. That six and a half point spread is going to be very tricky, but we say uh, Ken Pomeroy says uh, 75 67 Houston. Want to do a little money line parlay today? Bring out the tournament, brings out the best and the worst in us. Let's do a money line parlay, Arkansas Houston. You might get uh, your money back, you might double your money a little bit, but there's your picks for today, ladies and gentlemen. Loyola, go under 125 and a half of that one. Take Arkansas, lay the points, lay the 11. It's over for Oral Bob. And go under in that Arkansas game, 158 and a half as well. And for you chalk players that just have to have some money line parlay action, Arkansas and Houston, those are your best values on the board. 
Take those bad boys of the desert and smoke them. Coming up back to the break, it's Vince Stover of the Sports Stove Podcast. He will join us. But first, I am third. They work so hard over there to carry out the belief through a commitment to serve the city of Lexington and surrounding counties through camps of basketball, soccer, equine, Texas, and a variety of other sports. A few weeks ago, we went out there for their uh, big championship weekend in basketball. It was great stuff. Make sure to call our friend Jeremy Hobbs to inquire about their spring programs at imthird.com. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. Our guest today is the host of the Sports Stove Podcast, where he discusses everything from UK sports to the major sports of MMA. He's our good friend, Vince Stover. Vince, how are you today, my friend? Brad, I am doing great. Thank you for letting me come on the fastest growing and the best sports talk radio show in Lexington. Well, I appreciate that. The check's in the mail, my friend. Hey, what is all this buzz? You're a, you're a big Kentucky fan. What is all this buzz about Calipari maybe going to Texas? What do you think about that? Oh, it's not happening. Uh, no, oh, it's no not? Concerns there. No, there's no way in the world. Cal, if he stays at Kentucky, in 2024, he can get paid 950000 a year just to be an advisor to the AD. He's not going in. You don't think the uh, the Big Blue Nation upset him this uh, this year enough for him to leave town? What if Texas empties those big pocketbooks they have down there? You know, they got the, the oil wells and all the cows. Just put some money. Let's make it worth his while. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at him, apparently. Now, I, listen, I've I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of researching on this. It looks like Chris Beard is the guy in, in Texas. Uh, I've seen two reputable people already reporting it's a done deal. Um I, just to me, Cal, there's too much money still in Lexington for Cal, and one bad season. He, Cal knows he screwed up this year. Cal, Cal knows he deserves everything he's getting. He's not going to admit that, but he knows that he's deserving every single thing that he's got this year, and uh, he'll just bank on next year being better. So in your opinion, what happened this year to Kentucky basketball? Just what happened? It's in general. Uh, I, I, bad coaching is what happened. Um, you know, They still had the recruiting class, and you know, people gave the excuse, well, because of COVID, these these freshman heavy teams, um, you know, didn't have the time to, to get to know each other and to learn how to play together and all these kinds of things. But at the end of the day, you're getting paid a lot of money to coach, and you've got to make it happen. So I don't know if it's the the, the wrong assistant coaches on the team now, or if it's just purely all on Coach Cal. Um, but this season was purely bad. I mean, we saw it for the whole basically regular season. Cal refused to change his rotation and put in offense when they needed offense because they well, oh, that guy can't play defense. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're not scoring points. You need offense. He refused to put in rotations that worked, and at the end of the day, it was just a, a, a horrible failure uh, on Coach Cal's part this season. I just think we're going to sit here on uh, in November, and it's going to be the same as always. They're going to be preseason top ten. He's going to have all kinds of recruits coming in here. It's going to be ladder, rinse, repeat. Everybody's going to have the expectations. It's going to be like nothing happened this past year. But that's the past. Let's look forward to today, Vince Stover of the Sports Stove Podcast. We've got four games today, starting with Sister Jean at Loyola of Chicago. They're a seven-point favorite over Oregon State. Your thoughts on that game and maybe your good friend Mitch Barnhart and how he underseated Loyola of Chicago being an eight seed when they were should have been much higher in the seeding process. You know, I think this year teams are just more even across the board than they've ever been. When you lose out on on teams like Kentucky, Duke, and Louisville, you, you just you're not going to have 
it's not going to be the same when it comes to even the seedings and stuff like that. Loyola has obviously played great. Um, I like him today as well. Um, When it comes to seeding, you're going to complain about it every year. It doesn't matter what they do. You're going to find stuff to complain about. So I don't pay too much attention to that. Um, But, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I like all the favorites this weekend. Uh Uh-oh. All weekend, you like all the favorites. So you're telling me Vince Dover, the chalk pusher, did you not see all the underdogs that cashed tickets and won games last week? And we just talked 15 minutes about this. Yeah, you know, there's two games that I, I'd say I'm a little bit more worried about, the Florida State-Michigan game and the Oregon State-Loyola game. Um, it would be the two that I'm, I'm looking more at as far as the underdogs go. But uh, to me, I think the upsets are pretty much over out of 10 games or eight games. I think you might see one upset. Uh, overall, I think now we're getting to the point where it's just the better teams are going to win out. Just against the point spread today, I think I, Arkansas, I think they're going to boat race Oral Roberts. But if you made me take the other teams against the spread, I would take all three underdogs today. I, I would take Arkansas, the three dogs. That's just me against the spread. I'm not going to invest in those because I don't feel too uh, fondly of those teams. But I look like a, a team like Villanova. You're going to give me seven and a half? Yes, they don't have their big point guard. They can keep that game a lot closer, though, than the experts think out in the desert. I think especially the number one seeds, the Gonzagas and the Baylors, really overpriced right now, getting a little too much credit, especially when we see so many upsets. We said the same thing about Illinois this time last week. Yeah, yeah. With this point spread, I mean, Oregon State, you know, they definitely have a chance to cover. Uh, Syracuse, I think Syracuse is going to get blown out today. I mean, I say blown out. It's a double-digit win uh, for Houston. Um, Baylor and Villanova. Villanova, I just don't have any confidence in them. And even at seven and a half, I'm, I just that one scares me a little bit. Yeah, we're big fans of Houston. I, I, I before this tournament, we said Gonzaga Houston in the final game. So Vince Dover of the Sports Stove Podcast here on ESPN Radio thirteen hundred ninety two point five. Vince Dover says, "Don't worry about all these underdogs that have cashed tickets the last week. Let's go all chalk here on this Saturday. Let's look really quick at these Sunday games. I like tomorrow's slate." a lot better uh, in terms of maybe cashing some tickets out in the desert. I look at a team like Creighton. You're going to give me 13, 13 and a half against Gonzaga. Yeah, I might bite on that one if you're going to give me that many points. Yeah, I think that's probably wise. You know, the, the Michigan-Florida State one's so close. USC-Oregon's a close one as well. Those lines would scare me. Um, but uh, Alabama-UCLA and Gonzaga-Creighton are ones I'd say, if you are a better, those are ones to watch for. Let's say you've got your bracket going, Vince. By the way, who, what what was your bracket before we started here? Uh, Final four was Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, Illinois. So you had all the ones. Boy, you went out on a limb, didn't you? No wonder you <laughs> like the did. chalk. You just, let's just put all the better seeds. That Mitch Barnhart, he knows exactly what he's doing. We're just going to follow him. He's got all the good stuff over there. So if you were taking, let's look at just seeds and just brackets today straight up. This round of Sweet 16, are you really telling me all the favorites and all the better seeds are going to win all eight of these games? Like I said, I think there will be a, at least one one underdog that wins. Um, it's hard to go 8-0. Eight, eight no. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're looking at one or two. I just don't think it's going to be the massive upsets that we've seen. Like, I mean, you're not going to – I don't think you're going to see Gonzaga lose. I don't think you're going to see Baylor, Houston, Alabama. Those one and two seeds, I don't see them losing. Michigan really scares me, though, uh, honestly. Um, I've got zero confidence in them. And going up against Florida State, uh, a very solid ACC team. The Big Ten, what a failure in the, in the tournament the Big Ten has been. 
And uh, the question is, can Michigan pull it out? So Michigan's probably the, the highest seed that I'm worried about um, outside of that. But I think the ones and twos continue to push through uh, this week. I've seen enough of Leonard Hamilton. And I know everybody around here loves Leonard Hamilton. Oh, he coached at Kentucky. Oh, yeah. He's always underachieved at Florida State. Every single time you think he's going to do something, he always pulls something out of his pocket to let you not do something that he's going to do. And I think this is no exception. I don't think that they beat Michigan tomorrow, mainly because Florida State's not nearly as good as we think they are. Now, Michigan, they don't have one of their players. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. But I just history tells us Florida State does not come through in this spot. I have a lot of faith in Michigan tomorrow, but we'll talk about that one tomorrow. So you're well, taking on. If you don't mind, yeah. you know, Florida State, they're, they're outscoring Michigan this season. Points against, uh, Florida State is 53.5, Michigan is 72. Florida State's defense is just far better than Michigan, and I think it, they're, just, they're primed for an upset uh, today, or Sunday, I guess. Oh, bucket of pride. I'll, uh, I'll lay that two and a half against you on that one, uh, Stover. I just have, it's, it's Leonard Hamilton in history. I, I know defense, I get it. But Michigan, Michigan is a top ten team uh, in Ken Palm, offense and defense. So it's not like you're getting, you know, all Florida State defense, Leonard Hamilton. Yeah, Michigan played good defense this year, too. You can sit there and tell me, oh, it's all the Big Ten. You can sit here and say all, all you want, and you'd be right. But still, each, you have to treat each team individually. Michigan is a top ten team offensively and defensively. We'll bet a bucket of pride on that one. We'll take Michigan over uh, Florida State in that one. Uh, anything else from this tournament that's caught your eye so far, Vince Stover? You know, coaching. It's going to be all about coaching here. I mean, now you've had a whole week pretty much to prepare for these games. And a lot of times we'll see coaches overcoach and really kind of hurt their team because of it. But I really like the coaches that are left in this tournament right now. I think we're just in for a really good weekend of basketball. Yeah, this – I, I actually like how they've spaced it out now. I, they had the Sweet yeah. 16 starting on Saturday. Now you had to go through four days in the middle of the week with nothing going on. But I like that they've started this on Saturday. I hope they do this going forward. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, because I know a lot of people had to leave the uh, the desert last Sunday, and they missed out on Monday. And, of course, what drives the NCAA tournament? People going out to the desert and people betting on these games. So you might see it go back to the way it used to be before. But let's uh, let's switch gears now. Let, first of all, let's say right now, who's your final game and national championship at the NCAA tournament before we get off this? I think right now you're probably looking at Gonzaga-Baylor. Yeah, you're a believer in Baylor all the way? Yeah, uh, well, I've got Gonzaga, I have Gonzaga winning that one. I had Illinois going all the way. But, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah I'll, I'll go Gonzaga-Baylor with Gonzaga going undefeated. I, I, I'm with you. I think, I think Houston makes it to the end. Uh, but I think, yeah, it's, it's Gonzaga's tournament to lose right now. I think we'll agree on that. Hey, the calendar says it's March 27th. Very special day in my world. But that means baseball season starts Thursday. People don't know this. You're a big Milwaukee Brewers fan for some reason. We don't know why, but uh, you're still a Brewers fan. The National League Central this year, the Reds are there, the Cardinals are there, the Cubs are there, and a team called the Pirates are there. But they're only supposed to win 58 games this year. Who cares about them? Your thoughts on this National League Central race and your good friend Ryan Braun, who's uh, no longer with the Brewers, that has to be the reason why the Brewers are going to be so good this year, right? Yes, good riddance to Ryan Braun for sure. This NL Central, it's incredible. There is such a lack of movement uh, bringing players into the Central this year. I mean, who did the Reds add to make them better this year? (laughs) They didn't lose a ton. They lost Bauer and Iglesias, but 
I mean, they didn't bring anybody else in. No one else did either. Cardinals brought in Nolan Arenado, but that's it. Uh, the Cubs, they brought in Jock Peterson and an old washed up Jake Arietta. I mean, there's this central is going to be really, really bad this year. Um, you know, that what they have the Cardinals, I think, in win totals leading the way and then the Reds and Brewers right behind them. But man, what an, what an ugly year for the NL central. And we're going to sit here listening to the Reds on ESPN radio 1300 all season. It's not going to be a fun listen. I don't think. Wow, now that's product placement. That's a professional, ladies and gentlemen, what Vince Stover just did. I look at these numbers. I'm looking at uh, our good friends up at the Bel- Belterra. I'm looking at their odds for the National League Central. They've got St. Louis, even money, to win this division. The Brewers are 3-1. to one. Uh, The Reds, 3.5-1. to one. The Cubs, 5-1. to one. Of course, they got the Pirates, 750-1, to one, but who cares about, or excuse me, 75-1. 750, I think I'd take it. But, uh, yeah, those four teams, not much separating those four th- this year. When you look at the Reds, your biggest issue with the Reds going into this season? Pitching. Um, I mean, that's really going to be the issue probably for all the NL Central teams. They've got some young guys that need to really reach their full potential this year to have a chance. But uh, to me, pitching is the biggest issue, the biggest weakness Cincinnati has, and they didn't do anything to improve it. As a matter of fact, they got significantly worse by losing Bauer and Iglesias this year. When you're looking at that, uh, that's a good point because you look at this starting rotation now for the Reds. Sonny Gray injured. Michael Lorenzen injured. So you're going to start the season. Your first four starters are going to be Luis Castillo. He's legit. But now you're going Tyler Malley, Wade Miley, and somebody named Jeff Hoffman. That's who you're going to start the season with your first four starters. Not exactly a uh, you know Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz from the 90s. But I look at this Reds lineup – you know, who's going to lead off? You've got Jesse Winker, who's running with a piano on his back all the time. Joey Votto, he led off last year. It was a disaster. You don't have any leadoff person. you got Nick Senzel, who's, to, for my money, never going to live up to this hype that he's got, and he hasn't done it so far. I think you're looking at a lineup, not only that's old and age, other than Senzel, but guys who have not proven themselves in terms of the last couple of years when you look at some of these guys like Joey Votto, who are on the downside of their career, and now they're on the wrong side of 30. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in a league that's built now around speed, uh, they're just full of power. Uh, is, is what they're, and they're, That's what they're banking on, is hitting home runs and hitting a lot of them. Uh, but we know, I mean, we've seen it with uh, Eugenio Suarez, seen it with Moustakis, seen it with Votto. You know, if you're not getting the home runs, you're not going to get a whole lot of success because this team's not going to be able to run on anybody, I don't think. Yeah, they don't have a 300 hitter on this team. I mean, you can say Joey Votto is a Hall of Famer, and for my money, he is. But he's, you know, you hate to say it, uh, he's. I don't want to say he's done, but you've seen his best days, and they're not coming back. But they don't have a 300 hitter. Joey Votto probably isn't hitting 300 again, and nobody else on this team has ever proven they could hit 300 consistently. So that's what I look at. And so, and I look at this bullpen. You're going to ask Amir Garrett to close games? You're going to ask uh, Sean Doolittle, who you just signed off the trash heap you're gonna let him close games i don't trust amir garrett closing games a lot of people do but he hasn't proven it to me long term yet yeah and i mean how many closing opportunities is he going to get this year too <laughs> you know you're gonna uh, to me the bullpen is really weak um this is a team that basically hit their their the peak last year of where they're going to be in the next five years unless they do some massive retool. I look at this National League Central, and I hate to say it, uh, Stover, 
the Brewers have the best value here. You're getting them at three to one. Uh, the Cardinals are even money, but the Brewers, I, I probably have more power than St. Louis, but I know I have the better bullpen. That was that's my pick to win this division. Uh, what say you? Uh, you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna push for it for sure. St. Louis scares me. I think the Brewers have the second best pitching unit in the in the Central, which is amazing because they've done nothing to help it either. Uh, but their bullpen is strong. You know, uh, they've got a good shot. They've got some decent offense. Bringing in Colton Wong is going to help them uh, for sure. St. Louis is definitely the team to beat, I think. Um, but I think the Brewers are, are number two and very, very close behind. The other thing I look at with the Brewers is I think they have the best fantasy value as far as number of fantasy players in the Central as well when you look at fantasy baseball stuff. I've got four drafts coming up or three drafts coming up over the next four days. And, uh, I try not to be a homer when it comes to the draft, but uh, Brewers have some solid fantasy value as well. By the way, why was I not invited to play in any of these fantasy leagues with you? I, I'm, I'm very uh, upset by that. <laughs> we don't have enough money flowing in these leagues for you. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he said it the best he could. Uh, that's Vince Stover, ladies and gentlemen. These four guys you're talking about, I'm going to assume you're talking about Hayter, you're talking about Woodruff, you're talking about Huera, and who am I missing? Who am I missing here? Who's the fourth guy? Uh, oh, Yelich, of course. Value-wise, oh yeah, Yelich, Yelich for sure. Value-wise, though, Corbin Burns, you can get him, yes. you know, middle to later of the draft, and he's a solid pitcher for fantasy value for sure. And then another guy to watch is just Josh Lindblom. He's going to come off uh, in the middle rotation to start the season. He's going to end up starting, I would say, probably around ten games this year as well. So if you're in a league that that can get some value out of middle relief pitchers, get some innings and strikeouts, he's a guy to watch also. With you on the birds one. That's a, that's a good pull by you. All right, Vince Stover. I promised you if you came on with me, I'd give you one minute. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the MMA is one of the biggest uh, things out in the desert to uh, wager on right now. Vince Stover is going to give you one minute of MMA and who to pick and who to put your uh, hard-earned money on this weekend. Vince Stover, go. Tonight is UFC 260. They've got 13 of the 20 fighters coming off of losses, six of them have non-winning records in the UFC. So you have a lot of desperate guys tonight. If you like a fast a fast uh, fight, you're going to like the third fight of the night. Modestus Bacascus, he's at plus 140 going against Michael uh, Oleschuk, <laughs> and he's at minus 175. That one will end in the first round. The value picks, though, are Tyrone Woodley at plus 195 and Stipe Miocic at plus 110, the last two fights of the night. Both underdogs. Miocic is the champion for a reason. He'll win tonight against Ngannou. Woodley, coming off three losses, he'll win tonight against Luke, and I think he'll do it easily. Am I under 60 seconds? Close enough. <laughs> Take those bad boys to the desert and smoke them, ladies and gentlemen. Vince Stover, tell us where we can find you on social media and about your podcast. Man, uh, on Twitter is the best way to follow me, at Sports Stove, the podcast. The Sports Stove podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast. We're also on YouTube, Sports Stove Pod. Uh, there you can tune in tonight at 4 o'clock live for the MMA show that I do on Saturday evening there on the Sports Show Pod YouTube page. He's a great listen for the MMA. I don't follow it that much. That's why we don't talk about it much on this show. But Vince Stover will give you all the MMA you need on this show going forward. Vince, my friend, thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday morning. I really appreciate it, brother. Brad, it's a great show. Thanks for letting me come on. Anytime, buddy. That's Vince Stover of the... Uh, Sports Stove Podcast. He told you you can follow him at Sports Stove. Uh, coming up back to the break, we will get you ready for the day on ESPN Radio, and we will uh, make sure 
that uh, you know who to pick in these games coming up. But first, a friend in need is a friend indeed. No, here on the bottom line, a friend in need is a pest. Matt Schaefer, our good friend, and our friends at IPM Pests and Termite, they will get rid of all unwanted pests and termites in your house. Maybe not the people, but the pests and termites they will get rid of. That's Matt Schaefer, myipm.com. That's M-Y-I-P-M, myipm.com. ESPN Radio, 1392.5. The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. Our thanks to Vince Stover of the Sports Stove Podcast for joining us. We got to get out of here today on ESPN Radio. It's the NCAA Tournament, Oregon State and Loyola. Starting at 2.30, Loyola minus 7, 125 and a half in that one. We'll go under in that total. Immediately after that one, it's the 11th Region Boys Basketball Tournament. Later today down in Richmond, Frederick Douglass versus Madison Central in that one. Want to know how we play it here on the bottom line? I was voted most school spirit of my graduating class at Madison Central, but I can promise you I'd bet against them in a heartbeat if I knew the other side was the right side. Just saying. No idea who wins this game today, but make sure to listen to our friend Angelo Carriero with the call on that one. The 11th Region Boys Basketball Championship, 5.30 today, and then we'll head back to the NCAA tournament after that. Tomorrow on ESPN Radio, start your day, early tea time, backspin golf, Matthew Lawrence at 8 o'clock, followed by us, the bottom line at 9, the Angelo Show at 10, and then all four NCAA tournament games tomorrow afternoon. So lock us in and rip off the knobs and all those other corny 80s DJ FM sayings. Right here on ESPN Radio, 1392.5. We thank you again for listening to The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. You can follow us anytime, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at bottomlinelex. And until the next time, as always, especially during the NCAA tournament today, may the winners be yours.